You are listening to PSYOP Cinema. Thomas here, and today I'm bringing you what I think is one of the most important episodes of this show that we've ever put out. And it'll be a little bit different than, than, than normal in as much as usually you have Brett and I close reading films to analyze connections between the Hollywood PSYOP and um, occultism and espionage and the broader history of what we call cultural engineering. And today we'll be getting into some of those same subjects, but with the person I'm interviewing, the relevance here is more the, about the fringes of society rather than the mainstream of pop culture. So today I'm speaking with Theodore, who's a former member of Adam Waffen, who's going to be telling us his story about how he got involved with that group and how he left it and the lessons that we can learn from his story. So Theodore, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me. Glory to God for all things. Theodore, so what do you want to uh, what do you want to tell the audience up front about first, just if you could introduce yourself, just however uh, much or little details you feel comfortable with. And then just maybe for anyone who doesn't know, what is the Adam Waffen division? Sure, um, I'll just I'll give a I'll try to condense a uh, uh, a long story uh, into a short story as much as possible. But basically what how the story how my involvement got, uh, how I found myself in Adam Waffen division, I really have to cycle back all the way to um, shortly after just graduating high school. Um, there were years, and I, I'm not going to go into detail, but there was a good amount of, I would say, probably six, seven years of me uh, just like in a, in a, in a like deep identity crisis, um, really trying to find myself who I was, um, what truth is, all those, you know, all those key questions that a lot of people ask and just searching, searching um, for answers. And eventually, uh, you know, I got into just like a lot of other people, um, similar testimonies. I got into, you know, drugs, alcohol, um, hanging around with the wrong people. And eventually I found myself um, in 2016 uh, registering. Um, I think it was around 2016 when I first made an account on uh, Iron March forums, which which is an online fascist forum. It is currently shut down, but um, and eventually I got into the whole white nationalist um, ideology and movement, um, and that was as uh, I got into that like in 2016 as well during the Trump elections, um, and um, eventually I joined the group um named uh, American Vanguard um and they're called Vanguard America today I believe I don't really keep up with them um or a lot of the white nationalist movement really and then eventually um as you get into white nationalism you there's really there are temptations to get further into an extreme um and and I I think I read Mein Kampf uh you know, Hitler's Hitler's book. And then I read um, Siege by James Mason, uh, White Power by George Lincoln Walkworld. And there was a couple other books that I read that really kind of radicalized my thinking and my beliefs. And um, that's uh, after that, I decided to apply to Adam Waffen. And it was in, um, I think, around August 2016 is when I applied to join Adam Waffen. And um, that's how I found myself in Adam Waffen. It really just started with um, 
I started with hard right political, a hard right political phase. And then I eventually found myself in white nationalism. And then eventually I found myself in Adamoff and division. Um, and that was in 2016. And I'm going to give just a brief description of what Adamoff and division is to uh, the listeners. Basically what Adamoff and division is, um, it's a, it's a very, it's a radical, it's a radical, um, radical national socialist or Nazi group um, that has its main goal basically to through revolution um, to eventually uh, take power, uh, political power um, through the means of the decay of society and the uh, decay of government uh, that will, what Adam Waffen would call the system what siege calls a system. So that's what Adam Waffen uh, is. Um, they're really no longer in existence today, but it was just basically a far right underground um, neo-Nazi group that really focused on militant training, um, propaganda efforts, whatever, whatever the group could, could do to um, basically subvert the system to uh, become independent of the system, but also to take over in the day that that the system would collapse. So um, that's basically Adam Waffen division in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, um, but that's just just a basic overview of what it is. Um, so, yeah, I hope yeah, I answered that question. Yeah, that's helpful. And we'll be getting into a lot more of those those details and subsequent questions. But before we do so, I'll just <laughs> mention something about the order of nine angles and my research on the order of nine angles and other episodes of this show where I've talked about that group is actually the reason that you and I got in touch. I um I think it was the the Ed Sheeran episode uh, where Brett and I went on the Will on William Ramsey investigates that I, I think you heard that one before you reached out to me and so just uh so the order of nine angles and uh, we'll get to their connection with Adamov and how they're connected to all of this but you know the primary figure associated with them is this enigmatic guy by the name of David Myatt um, yep. and there's a, uh, there's a lot of details about this I recommend everybody check out the book by William Ramsey Global Death Cult The Order of Nine Angles Adam Waffen and the slaughter of the innocents um so that which goes into Mayat and all of this but the order of nine angles takes this really really intense basically evolutionary kind of superhumanist viewpoints where mm -hmm. they're looking to become these these exalted satanic elites basically yep. at the at the rest of humanity's expense and it yep. gets into some really out there stuff like creating a galactic Aryan Imperium. They want to. They want to colonize the galaxy as 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 Nazi Satanist elites, and they really yeah. distinguish themselves from other forms of Satanism and left hand path occultism because they're really really emphasizing culling, basically, uh, you know, breaking down moral boundaries to gain magical power through human sacrifice through killing, and they encourage secrecy. You know, a lot of their work you know talks about uh, the confusing and very sometimes contradictory seeming nature of their mythology. And online info about them, like that's all part of their initiatory process where it takes true satanic character to be able to wade through all of that to become true O9A. And what's going to be really relevant, uh, Theodore, to a lot of the stuff that, that, that uh, you'll be telling us is the fact that O9A really encourages infiltration and they have this concept of 
insight roles where members take deep, deep cover, whether that's careers or or religious beliefs or climbing organizational ladders to advance O9A objectives, uh, and especially to sow violence and chaos. And just yep. to, to say something about their 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 actual beliefs, they believe in a pantheon of dark gods who exist in an acausal realm, but can manifest in our realm, often being shapeshifters. All, and the primary gods in this pantheon are uh, Satan and then Baphomet, who Baphomet they think of as this, this earth goddess figure. And they do frequently use the term satanic, but some of their texts clarify that they're technically esoteric pagans with hermetic origins rather than Satanists, technically speaking. And there are numerous instances of documented violence related to the Order of Nine Angles and related groups. And uh, what's really important for this conversation is uh, this, I think, all of this, the ideology behind it stretches into, as I've said, the very mainstream of, of pop culture. You know, I, I was talking about some very dark and disturbing things related to ideas and symbols uh, you know, uh, related to Order of Nine Angles and all of that that I that I was picking out in the career of Ed Sheeran, this milk toast pop artist. He was one of the most you know popular musicians musicians in the world. Um, and then, but then of course, it also leads into uh, again these these groups that are you know, as far from the mainstream as you can get, uh, mm -hmm. literal uh, Nazi groups, violent paramilitary organizations. And I'll also mention that um, you know that David Myatt himself in the 1970s was involved with Column 88, which was a Nazi paramilitary organization that was part of NATO's Operation Gladio network, which is one of the reasons that I think there's a lot of very well-founded speculation about the Order of Nine Angles being a psyop of, of some sort. So uh, so, so that's some background on O9A, which will, which will come up later when we find out what happened to Adam Waffen after you had been in it for a little bit. But um, yeah. so, so first, a very basic question, or, or unless you have any reaction to what I just said, Theodore. Uh, no, I mean, that's all completely, all completely uh, uh, relevant to, to what we're talking about today, because, uh, you know, I was in Adam Waffen when Brandon Russell was the leader um, before he got arrested. Adam Waffen was was just this more militant minded uh, national socialist group that really um, and they, they didn't really have like a focus on religion. In fact, like religion was like an off like an off um it was like a it was a banned uh debate and discussion type of thing in the group when brandon was a leader because he wanted the one thing to unite us all was um national socialist revolution and um surviving when the system collapses so that the group could take over um and so but then when brandon was arrested obviously we're going to get into this things kind of took a change um a drastic change very fast um, and a lot of times in very subtle ways, a lot of people weren't catching it. Only a few of us were catching it. So, yep. Wow. Um, that's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into all of that. So first some very basic questions. So, uh, how big of a group was this when, when you first joined and then when you left, was it about the same size or had there been a major change? <sighs> okay. So I remember when, uh, at first, we were using Skype as a platform to keep uh, communication with. Um, obviously, we wouldn't talk about certain things on Skype. Being Skype is not encrypted. But um, I remember before before we uh, we left Skype to go into Discord, uh, I think I counted 30, around 30 so users in the chat. But there were also other guys that were a part of the group that weren't keeping comms with people. Uh for other for various reasons 
Um, and so like when Brandon was a leader, there was probably, I would just average about 30, 35, 40 people in the group. And then, uh, I think when I left eventually, um, in, in January, 2018, uh, probably around 50 or so people, um, active on the discord. Um, but there, what's what's really interesting about Adam Waffen division was is that there were a lot of people that were that would wear the patch, uh, that would even carry on the name and, and claim to be a part of the group, but they weren't really a part of the group. Um, kind of like how uh, how like um, if there's any terrorist attack today, you know, the news will come out and say ISIS claimed responsibility, basically. Um, kind of like the, the the same type of thing. Um. A lot of people that weren't actually officially part of the group just really liked the aesthetic and the and the propaganda and everything and kind of claimed uh, the Adam Waffen label. But officially, like when I left in 2018, there was probably about 50, 50 guys in the group, just roughly. So, OK. And then you mentioned about how religion was kind of an off the table topic uh, for <laughs> in the culture of the group when you were first in it. But what was the religious makeup in terms of the yeah. kind of people involved? Like, what was your own religious identification at the time? What was yeah. Brandon Russell's and and then the other members? OK, so um, there was a there was a there was a a, a mix when I was in the group. Um, first off, I'll say that I, I still claimed to be a you know, a, a Christian, um, a Protestant from a Protestant background, but it was, it was just a claim. Um, they were just words. It was something I cling to because that's just the way I was raised. Um, and I think during all that time, even the times that I was involved in this stuff, I still had a deep seated belief in God in my heart. Um, and that never went away. Um, as far as the other guys, there were, uh, there were some a lot of, there were some traditional catholics in the group um there were a couple orthodox guys that claimed to be eastern orthodox there were a couple um there were some pagans um norse pagans um there were some esoteric hitlerists uh that were part of the group um and there was a muslim that was a part of the group i think two one or two i know devin arthurs was for sure a muslim um and I don't know if there was a second one or not. I don't know if Devin actually had like a friend or two that were Muslims that were part of the group. I don't think so. But and then there were also obviously the guys that were into the whole um, O9A type of stuff. Um, they satanic stuff. And that was guys like, you know, Denton, uh, Fernandez, Cole, um, a lot of the guys in Washington, the Pacific Northwest. Um, they were all into that stuff. Um but obviously no one knew at that time when Brandon was leader that uh, there were guys like that that were part of the group um, because uh, I think if Brandon knew um, and he looked into the stuff, I don't, I think he would, I think he would have, um, he would have uh, made a rule of uh, no, you know, people who are into the, the satanic, stuff or the satanic pig you know that 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 form of esoteric satanism whatever you want to call it i know he wouldn't have had any part of it and he wouldn't have wanted he in fact thought that that kind of that kind of stuff was cringe he um as far as the paganism stuff the norse paganism he kind of uh he, he you know of course he left he let he let those guys in the group because i mean if you look at even like the national socialist uh people who are nazis today um a lot of them are pagan. A lot of them try to claim, you know, the Germanic pagan roots, you know, worship of Wotan, all that good stuff. 
Um, but <clears throat> as far as Brandon, I'm making a no uh, religious uh, debate or discussion rule. Um, he was very clear on that. Whenever those discussions or debates would arise in our group chats, he would shut them down very fast because he saw he believed that those things were really going to create division and disharmony in the group. And then he want he wanted basically um, same, same, same as Hitler. It's almost like th what Hitler tried to do in Germany. He really tried to make, um, you know, the, the, the people, the German people be the common, the main thing in, in Germany. Um, and he wanted the religious groups and, and, and the religious divisions really to take a back seat. And so he really tried to unite everyone. It didn't matter what your religious background was in Germany. It's the same thing that Brandon tried to do basically in the group. And so debates and discussions were basically banned. And um, yeah, so. Interesting. So you're describing um, a somewhat religiously diverse group or a very religiously diverse group. Uh, to pause yeah. on one of the labels that you mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. for anyone who doesn't know, what is esoteric Hitlerism? Okay, so... Um, I'm not too, I looked a little bit into this back, back in my late, I would say like the last year. And, uh, I was, that I was in Adam Waffle and I read, um, part of, uh, forget what book is written by Saviti, uh, Savitri Devi. Um, I can't remember the book, uh, basically, but the belief was that, uh, Hitler, uh, was a, I think an avatar, uh, if I remember correctly of, forget what hindu god um vishnu or I, I can't remember it's been so long man um but basically it it, it it took on like an ancient form of like um almost like hinduism uh but it, it had its own unique aspect um because it was like a mix of like um just seeing like the aryan people as very like like their esoteric roots um, and, and kind of blending that in with the idea that, you know, there's, there are key figures throughout history that are raised up, uh, to bring judgment upon the world in unique ways. Um, and they're basically, if you want to use the word icons, but they're like icons of, of, of living deities, um, like Vishnu, Kali, um, and other, other Hindu gods. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe you can, maybe you can describe it a lot better than I can. Uh, I think that that's about it from my understanding. I mean, I'm not an expert either, but yeah, it is. It is the idea of uh, of um, Hitler as an avatar of Vishnu, at least from the Savitri Devi. Hitler worship. Hitler yeah. worship, basically. Yeah, literal yeah, Hitler. literal worship, like not just yep. not just Hitler fan club, but literally right. Hitler as divine, as his right. death, leading us into the Kali uh, the Kali Yuga and all of these things. Yep. Yeah. Um, which would all sound, you know, quite out there and crazy, which it is. But, you know, we've already mentioned, you know, the order of nine angles and like, you know, shape shifting, uh, shape shifting gods and stuff like that. So a right. lot of uh, a lot of stuff is on the table in these right. circles. And so speaking of which, so you mentioned um, James Mason and Siege. So mm -hmm. uh, so uh, before we get into some of those specifics, because I've got a lot of questions about um, you know, particular things that Mason said in that book and how Adam Waffen Division interpreted that. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, but, in, but uh, so in general. General, what is uh, what is the book Siege? Who's James Mason, and what's the importance of these things to Adam Waffen Division and uh, related uh, neo-Nazi groups? Sure. So, so Siege is basically, if I remember correctly, it's a it's a collection of I, I don't remember if they were like letters or writings from James Mason. Um, and James Mason basically was uh, he was he was well known for being a part of. Uh, 
the, I think of George Lincoln Rockwell's American Nazi party. I think that's what it was called, but he was in the, he was, he was in the ANP when George Lincoln Rockwell, um, after the fact, after he was assassinated, um, if you want to, you know, if you want to know who George Lincoln Walker was, you can just go ahead and Google it. There's there's a lot of information out there. Don't really need to go too depth into him. Um, and then after I think Mason's involvement with the ANP, he was involved in some different groups. Uh, one of the big groups he was involved with was the National Socialist Liberate Liberation Front. Or I, I might I might be getting the name mixed up. It's 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 called NSLF. Um, and, and I think that was one of the first if i remember correctly groups in america uh that that were more militant um in style um of course the nap was militant but nslf took it to another level um because they were more about focusing on the the whole violent aspect and the militant aspect of of uh national socialism in, in america and so uh mason had this this kind of like militant nazi background and he wrote this book called siege and what basically a synopsis of siege is if i could uh just a brief summary over it without getting into too much detail um siege is basically the whole idea and premise behind siege is okay um you're a you're a national socialist in america voting doesn't work you don't subscribe to democracy um and so the only way the only way forward since we can't vote these politicians out of office is basically revolution and 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 resisting the system fighting the system and uh james mason presents many different ways and tactics on how to do this one of the main ways that he 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 pushed one of the main ways or paths that he pushes in this book is called lone wolf activities um basically that you that a person by himself you know living off the grid um you know, not connected to the internet, not connected to any media, um, with with as lit with little connection as possible to the system, to where you can be tracked, traced, um, or found, is the best way and the best path to basically conduct you know what we would call illegal illegal activities and acts. We don't need to go in depth on what that means. Everyone can use their imagination. Um, and then he also pushed the idea of okay, well, if you're not going to do lone wolf stuff, then groups of like one to three probably three at max three is a big risk because you don't know who's a possible infiltrator you don't know who's a possible fed and so the more people you have involved in this type of stuff the more people know that you know the plans and whatnot that's a bigger chance of a person getting ratted out or thrown behind bars for life um and so james mason basically taught that um the ways to you know in siege uh, the ways to resist the system, you know, lone wolf terrorism, basically, we're just going to use the word terrorism. Um, you know, groups of two to three squad activities, um, no more than that. Um, another big thing that was pushed in the book um, was that, you know, rallies that you see like today, a lot of these big groups hold rallies. They don't work because all that happens at these rallies is you got feds going to these rallies trying to get people to commit acts of violence. And you also have monitoring on the fed side of things so feds you know take pictures they take surveillance video they gather information intel on these groups and people and they get put on these lists these watch lists um and all that it ends up accomplishing ever in the end is having people hate you know the um the national socialist side 
not that that's bad in and of itself. That's going to happen no matter what. But in the end, it, it does nothing. It accomplishes very little. <clears throat> and then obviously being against the whole idea of American democracy and voting. And so that leaves the, the National Socialist as a type of revolutionary. Um, he used the word, James Mason used the word revolution and revolutionary a lot throughout the book. Now, when we hear that term, especially from an orthodox, you know, worldview standpoint, um, you kind of, you, you, um, everyone's mind typically goes back to, you know, the Bolshevik during the, you know, the Bolshevik times during the Bolshevik revolution and the communist revolution. Um, but this is the opposite side of revolution. This is, this is a far right um, type of revolution to where um, you, you, there, there's encouragement to a disdain for the current governments, the system, um, you know, the Zionist control. Um, I'm not going to say the other word, but I'm just going to use the word Zionist to be friendly. Um, and obviously for other purposes, Zionist control. And the way that you oppose this is, like I said, through lone wolf activity, through gr groups of two to three guys, um, being off the grid, um, all kinds of stuff. And not being a part of the movement, um, not being a part of, you know, the big tent, the big rallies, the big tent movements, the, you know, shifting the overtone window, that kind of stuff. Um and and the last thing I'll bring up as far as siege siege goes, and this is kind of how the whole onine type of thing kind of bring uh, comes out of this is James Mason really pushed the idea of being the best individual you could be as a person, um, and and growing ever growing as a person, or you would say ever evolving, becoming stronger, smarter, um, finding new ways to drain the system, being less reliant upon the system, um. And, and, and that in and of itself is is a greater accomplishment than going out like like, for instance, like Dylan Roof going out and just shooting a bunch of people at church, because in the end, James Mason would argue that that's just a waste. It's a waste of a life. This guy's behind bars for life now. Didn't really accomplish too much. Right. Um, that's that's that would be his argument. So uh, the biggest thing James Mason pushed was, you know, with the activities and the illegal stuff was if you're going to go out and do it. Um, number one, don't get caught. Um, number two, if you do go get caught, basically go out with a loud bang. So that's basically Siege, man. It's a very radical book. It's very, um, radical, very militant, very, um, yeah. I mean, those are the two really words I can really describe that book. Yeah. Radical militant and the idea of pushing far right revolution. Right, right. Okay, so that's really helpful. And with that in mind, I'm going to ask you about uh, about three aspects of Mason and Siege uh, and, mm -hmm. and what Adam Waffen Division made of these things, and you can answer them in any order that you want. But I'm interested in uh, Mason's uh, – the extreme adulation that he gives to Charles Manson – uh, his yeah. uh, his friendliness with Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan, and mm -hmm. Mason's uh, uh, accused um, his alleged sexual crimes and being charged with uh, sexual exploitation of a minor. So Manson, LaVey, and his possible crimes, like what uh, what did people make of these aspects of him? Yeah, so um, uh, it's kind of hard to get into because, like I said, that they have to go. We have to basically dive into the two different aspects of Adam Waffen before, you know, before 
you know, when Brandon was the leader and then when he was not the leader. So okay, I'll let, t- let's start there. Then I'm really curious yeah. about that with Brandon, uh, with Brandon's leadership, Brandon Russell's leadership, mm-hmm. what, uh, with Siege and Mason being such important figures there at that <laughs> time, what did people make? Uh, let's just start with those, with, with those same three things that I mentioned, Mason or, um, Manson yeah. LeVay, and this, this, uh, this rather odious aspect of Mason's personal life. Okay. So, so, uh, the, 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 uh, the fetishizing of Manson didn't really change as much. Um, there was always a love for Manson. And the reason why, um, at least how I had it described to me, because even when I first read the book, Siege, that was very off-putting to me. Because all I knew about Manson was um, what you know what I read on the mainstream media. Um, and, I, and I always thought that this guy was just nuts. Like, he was just crazy. He was, he, you know, he was like this because he was just on drugs constantly and he just had a warped mind. Um, but the, the, the main reason why Adam Waffen really had a love for um, Manson was because I guess they saw him as one of the main figures or one of the main like first examples of a person basically um, uh, separating themselves from the system and then attacking the system. Um that that's that's basically a synopsis of why Adam Waffen kind of really uh, had a love um, for 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 Manson. Um, you know, you had Manson how he had kind of like a death cult almost. I mean, if you watch the you watch any of the videos on this guy, this guy kind of like was living eventually. You know, uh, was living basically in the desert. You know, um, preparing for the apocalypse. And basically, what they were trying to do was they were basically trying to spark you know uh race war um and so um and of course they did they tried to do this through different means you know manson and his whole mind control thing with his with his followers um but of course adam waffen didn't believe that you know manson was this type of guy that was basically you know using mind control to control his followers they believed that his followers were devoted followers of manson and there were even some guys in the group that believed like manson was almost like a (laughs) You're going to get a little bit blasphemous here, almost like a reincarnation of Christ. Um, so there was a deep devotion. There was always a deep devotion in Adam Waffen for Charles Manson um, and, and those and those various those various aspects and ways. And James Mason basically touches upon this in his book. Um, and um, both sides of Adam Waffen kind of had this obsession with Manson, like I said, before, you know, when Brandon was leader and after. Brandon was, you know, was was arrested. There, the 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 love for Manson always remained there. Now, as far as Levey goes, um, there wasn't really any talk about Levey when Brandon was leader. I don't remember any talk whatsoever about him. Um, nothing was really brought out about him. Brought up about him. No one ever questioned like Mason's ties with Levey. But when after Brandon was arrested and Denton and Cole took over leadership of the group, um like LaVey began to be brought up in discussion. I can't re- exactly recall how exactly he was brought up in discussion. Um, all I remember was that um, Denton had a respect for LaVey. He even loved LaVey. Um, he, there was a lot of pushback in, in the group from members, including myself at the time for LaVey's, um, his, eth- you know, his Jewish ethnic lineage. Um, and that was one of the, one of the reasons why some of us didn't like him and kind of were like really off put about Denton promoting him. But then Denton started promoting his, 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 uh, writing, 
his writings and his books. One of the main books that I think, if I remember correctly, Denton promoting was a book called The Devil's Notebook I by, by Anton LaVey. I never read the book. I never wanted to read the book. But from the reason I guess Denton gave the reason uh, as to why it was added to the reading list of Adam Waffen was because apparently he said that it almost read it almost reads exactly like Siege uh, as far as um, rebelling against the system, being separate from the system, draining the system and, and becoming the evolved human being, basically, through rebellion, you know, you know through rebellion against the mainstream. Um, and so that's what that's where LaVey falls in. And as far as Mason's connection with LaVey, I'm not too. I was never I never really had a desire to really look deep into this. Um, I from what I was told, if I remember correctly, when I was in the group, the reason why I think Mason had a tie with LaVey was and I, like I said, I could be very wrong about this. This is what I was told, if I remember correctly, that Mason had a t- the reason why Mason had a a like for LaVey was because of the, the idea of LaVey's like rebellion, um, trying to be shocking. I mean, if you look at some of the videos and and, and pictures of LaVey, um, which I don't encourage people to do for obvious reasons, there's a there's a shock value uh, that that is brought to someone when they when they look into this stuff. Um, like like almost like a crossing the boundaries of becoming more you know well being moral to becoming immoral crossing that boundary and i think that's the reason why why he began to be heavily pushed in adam waffen was because of that and i guess that's something we're going to get you know further into into this discussion um and the last thing as far as mace mason sexual crimes um i remember specifically when brandon was a leader um, the main thing that was pushed regarding that was that it was a false accusation um, from, and I'm trying to remember this, like I said, this was years ago. Um, I guess the group believed that somehow or some way um, Mason was falsely accused of whatever he was charged with. And it was just another way for the system to try to bring, to try to put someone behind bars that was really rocking the boat so to speak um and then after after uh brandon was arrested and denton and cole took over it was like a complete 180 when it came to to the perspective on the the crimes that mason was charged with um the group well it was the leaders really they made excuse for it now not only did mason do these things apparently but there was an excuse for it like there's nothing wrong with what mason did I don't know if that makes any sense. It was, it was, it was before it was, okay, we're going to defend Mason because we believe he was falsely accused of this. Um, And if he did this, the group, I think the group would have thrown away or, or would have tried to part ways with Mason because there was this, there was, believe it or not, when Adam Waffen was, and you know, when, when Brandon was the leader of Adam Waffen, there was some moral standard when it came to the group. Um, it wasn't just a completely, you know, misanthropic, hate all humanity, destroy all humanity type of group. Um, there was disdain somewhat for a, a common moral ground as far as far as, you know, the, the whole minor question, the whole pedophilia question. But when when Denton and Cole took over, there was a huge paradigm shift, if you want to call it that, about the group. And that's where it really kind of got it really kind of got me questioning things when, when I saw the leaders, especially Denton and Cole and, and other guys in the group basically excusing what Mason did. 
and even making jokes about it, like saying, oh, well, you know, who, you know, who isn't attracted to like a 14 year old or 16 year old, that kind of type of thinking. That was what was being promoted in the group. So it was very uh, stomach turning, stomach turning to say the least. Um, and yeah, I don't know if that answers that question. It does. It, yeah, very much does. That's, that's wow. That is horrifying. And to backtrack to the, to the Charles Manson thing, that should be you know a huge red flag to Psyop cinema listeners who hear us talk about mm-hmm. Manson all the time. And we often mention the book by Tom O'Neill, uh, chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA and the secret history of the sixties, which is excellent, excellent. And, um, and I, I, it's been a very good thing that in recent years, through um, through especially Tom O'Neill's work, people are beginning to see uh, through the official story on Manson and beginning to see the CIA involvement, relevance mm-hmm. of MK Ultra, and all of that. And this this again goes into the the I think incredibly important crossover between ideologies in the heart of pop culture and things on these extreme fringes. Thinking about the glorification of Charles Manson in so much media, we we titled. Our episode on the uh, David Fincher Netflix TV show Mindhunter, we entitled that episode Manson Family Propaganda for the extent to which the Manson official story is uh, is is vindicated by that show. Then you also have Charles Manson worship by these supposed revolutionaries. And that's um, I think that's very telling. But uh, so I, something I'm curious about is what perspective did Adam Waffen division take on other neo-Nazi groups? And I'm interested mm-hmm. both if there's any specific groups that were like disliked to a notable degree or the general principle by which uh, Adam yeah. Waffen would have made those, uh, would have made those judgments. Yeah. So as a general, as a general um, principle, um, you know, Adam Waffen didn't really have, um, Adam Waffen didn't try to, the group did not try to make allies. Um, it was very good at making enemies. Um, and the reason why is because Adam Waffen didn't really fit in your typical white nationalist group that you find today in existence. Um, you wouldn't see you wouldn't see Adam Waffen members at rallies. Um, you wouldn't see Adam Waffen members marching in the streets protesting. Um, in fact, you saw the opposite. You saw Adam Waffen calling out these groups and these rallies as failures um, and ultimate pandering to the public, trying to trying to look pleasing to the public. Um, because Adam Waffen at the core believed that there was no way they, they viewed the majority of the population as lemmings or as, you know, what people would call sheep today. Um, just mindless, you know, masses that follow whatever the news and the media and the schools tell them what to believe, no critical thinking whatsoever. And so they believed because of that presupposition that, uh, the idea of rallies, um, marches, uh, public gatherings, things like that were almost like a complete waste of time and, and did more damage in the end. And so Adam Waffen didn't really have a lot of allies. The what few allies they did have came from, I, I mentioned it when I first introduced myself, it, they, they, the allies came from usually, um, they were born out of the fascist um, form, uh, Iron March. Um, there were, I think, uh, a UK group that was actually banned um, by the UK government called National Action. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Russell actually took a trip over to the UK to uh, spend time with uh, the leader, Ben, uh, for a few days over there. Um, and then there was another group in Australia called, uh, um, I forget how to pronounce it, uh, something resistance, Antipodian or Antipodian, I can't pronounce it, um, resistance. And that group was was almost like a 
like an like an Adam Waffen group, but they were in Australia. And so those are really the two groups when I was in that really Adam Waffen formed a relationship with. And then like as as I left, um, right after I left, they began to form a relationship with a group called the Base. Um, if you Google the Base, uh, you know Nazi or the Base National Socialist, you can just see how much. Um, how much influence that group had a lot of the members actually got in legal trouble with various things um and whatnot but overall like a lot of the mainstream groups that people see in like at these rallies marches you know marches <coughs> uh, you know appearing in public doing these like um conferences and stuff you know the soft white white nationalist group groups um the adam waffen wasn't very friendly uh with them in fact they they saw them more as uh more as enemies than anything um so they weren't really they weren't really like a group that really promoted the idea of you know like the overton window or like the big movement type of thing um they were they adam waffen was very secluded was very uh, uh good about uh keeping keeping communications closed with those types of people and those types of groups and um only being friendly and somewhat keeping communications open with groups that were that took on like the siege mentality and the siege mindset. So. And um, how about, uh, how about the Azov battalion? Since that's very relevant things going on with Russia and Ukraine and all of the complexities there. And of course there's the, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the many instances of use of the black ah, yeah. symbol with Azov, which of course goes back to the whole Nazi occult overlap. Yeah. What was, mm-hmm. was there any perspective on, on those guys? Yeah. Um, so glad you brought that up. I completely forgot to bring that up. Um, they, uh, so funny story about Azov is there was a very friendly, um, support from overall in Adam Waffen for, for Azov. Um, and same with Iron March. Um, most of Iron March supported Azov and it supported Azov to the extent, and now like, I can't verify this. Um, but I remember this. I remember um, members talking in the group, and then I think it was either Brandon or one of Brandon's roommates talking about how they helped Azov Battalion directly by warning them of some uh, artillery strike or something. I can't remember. Um, all I know is that like Brandon and, and his friends were very good at like computer hacking and very like tech oriented. And so they, they, they kind of, they, uh, they were into that stuff. And like I said, the, uh, the group was very friendly towards Azov, very supportive of Azov, obviously, um, as well as misanthropic division. Um, they're, they're a European, uh, a Eastern European, um, national socialist group. Um, and yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I can really elaborate much more on the whole Azov thing. Sure, that's that that that's helpful. And so, to ask a big question, so mm-hmm. with Brandon Russell and the founding of Adam Waffen Division, so it there's been different speculation about the extent of the role of um, the Order of Nine Angles and its American Nexian Temple of Blood within Adam Waffen. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that our interview can help shed some light on that. But uh, but it, so it is your sense that Brandon Russell organically conceived Adam Waffen and was was probably entirely uninvolved with various forms of infiltration that might have came later. Yes, that is that is my opinion. Um, I don't just knowing Brandon and having talked to him, you know, voice to voice many times um, and what he believed and in, in, in the things that he pushed. 
uh, like I said before, if if um if any of that stuff was made public in the group, like meaning like guys talked about like the reading materials or like their beliefs or anything like that, I I I think Brandon would have shut it down based on what he believed at that point. Um, I don't think that Brandon <coughs> could conceive of what Adam Laughlin turned into after he was arrested. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't think, I do not think that Brandon was, like I said, uh, Brandon knew about the whole 09A Temple of Blood stuff. I don't think that he knew Denton and Cole and all these other guys uh, were into that type of thing. Um, and like I said, I, I think if he did, he, he would, he would have shut it down. He would have found a way to shut it down. Um, just like he was trying to find a way to figure out how to get Devin out of the group since, you know, Devin wasn't, was a Muslim. So, and, and on that, then that's a good time for me to ask, can you just talk about the events related to the arrests of Brandon yeah. and Devin Arthurs and then the impact that this immediately had on the group? Yeah. So, so when I joined the group, Devin was of course already a part of the group. They were, I mean, they were around for, for longer than, uh, man, I think they were around for like a year and a half or two years before I even joined. Um, although they weren't as big. Um, and Devin was, De- Devin had converted to Islam. Now I don't know, remember, I don't remember when exactly he did, but I mean, it got to the point to where he was supporting, um, I mean, he was supporting various forms of terrorism. It got really bad. And even not even just from a religious standpoint, we knew that having Devin in the group, viewing that kind of stuff on the internet and talking about it was going to be a huge issue for the group. Um, because all it takes is obviously for the surveillance, you know, the feds and everything to for hat for to get Devin for something. And then him being connected to Adam Waffen would implicate all of us in a certain way. That alone, we were trying to deal with Devin. Um, but even the religious question of Islam, the group was the group was very much against Islam um, for various reasons. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, at the time, you know, it wasn't the European Europeans, man, Europeans religion, obviously. We believe that, you know, based on, you know, the migratory, I mean, the, the, the immigration impact, impact on Europe with 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 the mass uh, Islamic, you know, um, movements and, and immigration that was having a huge net of negative impact on Europe, the European civilization, civilization. And and we just didn't believe it was it, the religion belonged to the group. Um, and um, basically, right. I think it was like a few months before Devin was arrested and, and murdered, um, you know, the two roommates, um, we were trying, we were all talking, messaging each other personally in the group about how to deal with Brandon. I mean, how to deal with Devin. Um, cause we wanted him out of the group. We wanted to figure out how to get him out because we all felt like that Devin, we could see Devin's just, we could see a, 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 a track record, track record of Devin becoming more radical more radicalized and we are trying to figure out a way to get him out of the group um because we, we i think a lot of us had a bad feeling had like some gut feeling that something bad was going to happen devin was going to end up doing something and so <coughs> there were there we basically as a group a lot of us in the group tried to make devin feel as unwelcomed as possible in the group um anywhere from like arguing with him um calling him names um, calling him a betrayer of the right white race, you know, all these things. Um, and eventually, you know, eventually Devin just snapped. Uh, Devin murdered his two roommates. And um, 
and eventually was arrested for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically what happened with Devin. Um, and like I said, the group was never OK with with having Devin, you know, Devin in the group when he converted to Islam. It made a lot of us uncomfortable and uh, we, we we didn't want him a part of the group because of it. So. OK, and so then. Uh, what about when Brandon Russell was was arrested? Just what was the immediate impact of that on the group, or anything else you want to say about about Brandon's arrest? Uh, man, I I think it was, uh, I think it was that Sunday. I remember, I remember getting a Skype call from, um, it was in May 2017, obviously when when Devin, you know, murdered Jeremy and Andrew. Um, and then it wasn't, it wasn't long after that. I think it was, I think he murdered Jeremy and Andrew that Friday, that some Friday in May. And then it was that Sunday where we all had a massive Skype call, uh, Denton and Cole called for a massive group Skype call and all of us picked up, not all of us in the group, but most of us picked up. And that's when we received the news from Denton that Devin had done this, um, you know, he murdered Jeremy and Andrew and we were trying to figure out at that point uh, how to go about what was going to happen to the group. Because I think it was I think it was before that it was either that Saturday or the same day later. I can't remember the timeline of events that Brandon was arrested. Um, Denton and Cole took over the group um, and they took over the group because they said that Brandon had left uh, the group and into Denton and Cole's hands. Um, so specifically, specifically Cole's hands, Cole was going to be the main leader, but Denton and Cole kind of like co-led the group. Um, and so, yeah, that's what happened. As soon as Brandon was arrested, everyone was shocked. I mean, a lot of us were freaking out because we thought that we were going to have the feds after us knocking on our doors trying to get information from us regarding Devin um, regarding you know the murders all that good stuff and a lot of us believed that it was the end of Adam Watson at that point but then it was Denton and Cole that assured us I think it was that Sunday that it was not the end of Adam Watson that we were going to try to figure out what to do uh, where the group was going to go um, a lot of obviously we did Skype as our main source of communication and we went back to our public source, you know, our public um, public communication switched over to Discord, and then we made an encrypted chat using the application Wire, and we had a group chat on there. And so that is what happened after Brandon was arrested, um, that the group kind of was, I think it was truly, I think it was hijacked by Denton and Cole. I think they were truly... I don't know if they were trying to the whole time planning on figuring out a way to take control of the group. Um, I don't have enough evidence for that, but I do know that they, they took the opportunity. The opportunity was prime for them to do what they wanted to do. Um, and that's what happened. So, so um, how about uh, Joshua Caleb Sutter? Can you, uh, mm -hmm. can you tell me about, um, about him, your impression of him and what yeah. he played in the group? So, um, so he was in a Skype, he was in a Skype chat, you know, when Brandon was a leader, um, he wasn't really active on there. Um, he chatted every now and then I didn't, nothing really stuck out to me 
it was when Denton and Cole took over that he became a lot more active, um, especially on the, the encrypted chats. Um, not so much on the Discord. He appeared on the Discord every now and then, but he was more active on Wire. Um, and he was kind of like the guy in the background. He didn't really make any leadership leadership, uh, leadership decisions. He was he didn't have a leadership role or anything in the group officially. Um, but he was kind of like he was like the guy in the background that I felt like that had more involvement in the group than what everyone knew. Um. And I think this was because I think him, I think, I think from a correctly, Sutter and Cole were like really close friends. Um, and of course, since Cole and Denton were close friends, Denton and Sutter were also friends as well. Um, and basically Joshua Sutter, this, he's, he's a very interesting character because it wasn't until after I, it wasn't until after I got out of the group that I started to be very, um, very skeptical very skeptical and curious about joshua uh being a possible uh intelligence uh at least at the very least an intelligence informant um i had i have obviously we'll get more into my suspicions later on but i think that i think i think that what really got me all curious and bent out of shape on on, on sutter and his character was his um his uh uh connections with um i think her name's jillian the uh, the uh the main pusher behind i think it's called martin and press i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correct but that's that's the uh that's the company or uh you could say uh, company or whatever that 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 produces the group the, the book iron gates um i don't know if you want to get into that or not or if that's going to be later on um but like I said, the main thing about Sutter was I didn't really see his activity much in the Skype, but then I started seeing him more active in, in, in Wire and on the Discord. Um, and he was very, he was very secretive. Uh, he was a very secretive person. Not a lot of people um, interacted with him and not a lot of people really, like we knew he was a part of the group. It's just, we didn't really interact with him a whole lot. Um, I think he was more involved I think he was more interacting with people in real life. He had a real life presence with Cole and all those guys. Um, so I think that's what his thing was. Right, right. And so then it's, uh, I believe it, it's his wife who is, um, who's uh, this, this key figure for Martinet Press, uh, who, which, yeah. is, which is, it's a publisher that's, uh, that produces this material associated with the Temple of Blood, uh, mm-hmm. which is um, at, you know, which is a Nexion, one of these one of these groups associated with the with the Order of the Nine Angles and uh, the yeah. literature they publish, like Iron Gates, that I, which I've not subjected myself to, but from what I know of, good. Yes, I've. There's too many things for this for this show that I have to subject myself to for research. But I draw the line somewhere, and uh, mm-hmm. I draw a big one before stuff like Iron Gates, which from what I know, just really, really incredibly depraved, explicit yeah. material combined with kind yeah. of apocalyptic narratives. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, Iron Gates is kind of like what you were talking about. The whole, um, the whole like esoteric Satanism, the 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 whole deity worship, um, which is a really interesting thing when you when we bring up these like these groups, especially like the Onanie Temple of Blood. Um, a lot of these radicals, I'm going to call them radical satanic groups, is they they end up worshiping like literal deities. Um, they're all obsessed with worshiping these entities and these deities. 
Um, but it's very interesting because the whole Iron Gates phenomenon, Iron Gates wasn't required reading until Denton and Cole took over. And then Iron Gates began to be pushed, which was really odd to me. And how I made the whole Martinet Press connection um, was, uh, I forgot how I found out that Sutter, that was Sutter's, um, I forget how I found out that that was Sutter's wife. I can't exactly remember, but I'm sure you're familiar with like when you start doing research into things, especially a lot of the secretive stuff, you'll start clicking on links and then you'll, and you'll try to figure out how the heck you ended up like where you were on the internet. I think, I think that's what happened with me and finding and finding a lot of these connections with, with Sutter, Denton and Cole and the whole temple of blood stuff is I found, I connected a lot of puzzle pieces that were just all connecting together. And I'm like, okay, maybe there is more to this whole satanic push than there is that meets the eye. Maybe there's a huge purpose in this. And then it's not just some random thing because it all started. It all started with iron gates. That was the first thing that was pushed in the group after Denton and Cole took over that really caught my eye and that got caught me off guard because I read, I remember reading the description of iron gates and reading a part of the, 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 the free excerpt you can read online forget where you could read that but i don't encourage it is i just like you said i realized how depraved sickening how sinister um how, how demonic uh what i was reading like it was just like some it was like it read like a fan fiction type thing like a like a like a fantasy scenario of wanting to bring the satanic apocalypse upon the world um and I don't really know how else to describe it, but I just knew that there was something really wrong with this. Um, that it wasn't just a random book that Denton brought out that wanted that was automatically added to the required reading list. It was added on there for a very good purpose. And we can get more into this, but I firmly believe that uh, one of the main reasons why they started adding some of this material and why they started making some of these, uh, you know, some of these really crude jokes. Um, talking about this depraved stuff on Discord was to desensitize everyone, almost like a form of mind control, if you want to call it, um, because it really, this stuff really does warp people's thinking. Um, you know, peel the onion onion layer back. You know how you know how Saint Paul says in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and rulers. These these this reading material and these things that were being pushed in the group. Um, it, it has an effect on people. It, it, there's a dark energy behind it, behind this stuff. And it's very real. And it has a dark satanic influence on people, people's minds, the way they think, the way that they feel. Um, it's very dangerous stuff. And like I said, when that when Iron Gates began to be pushed, that was like the first thing that I instantly knew after looking into it, that there's something very wrong going on here. Um, and I never, and when I was in the group, I never really, uh, vocalized my opposition to Iron Gates per se, um, because I wasn't in a leadership position. There was very little that I could do, but I watched it. I began to watch closely the things that were being pushed and the things that were being supported. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if you what you want me to go from here or. Uh... So I'll I'll ask then. So it's mm -hmm. it, it was more of a subtle thing. It wasn't explicitly like, hey, we're all insane mm -hmm. anti-human Satanists now. It was more yeah. just, it was more about the I guess the combination of the required reading of Iron Gates and mm -hmm. if, if there was other specific literature relevant, then you can then I'm then then you can um you can tell us that. I'm curious. And then just the uh the influx of this kind of 
of these kind of scenarios that were supposedly just like fanciful, but were really gross and horrifying, and desensitizing <laughs> that these guys were writing. It was more those kind of things that led to the shift of the group. Yeah. At okay. Yeah. So what I brought up earlier about that, like the jokes that were being talked about in discord, um, Denton and there were like a couple other guys that began and they said that they were memeing and joking this entire time. Um, but they began writing like this fan fiction, like their own like versions of fan fiction that were like paragraphs long of stuff that you almost like similar to what you would re- read in Iron Gates, like very just depraved, um, disgusting things. Um, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, no need to get into it, but it was it was like anything goes type of writing. Um, and I knew that there was a purpose behind it. I didn't think it was funny at that time. Even even me being in, involved with Adam Watson, I found it very disturbing and, 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 and disgusting as a person because I always knew that behind jokes and behind what people say, even if they say they're like they're joking or they didn't mean it, that's just not true. They they mean it. It comes from them. Um, you know, it's like how Christ says in the gospels that you know, every 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 mouth, every word that is spoken proceeds from the heart right there's we don't just say things on accident that's just not possible and so when they started when denton and a couple of these guys started making like these paragraphs along of fan fiction and almost read like iron gates type stuff i just i just knew that there was something very off there was something really weird going on um and at that time when i was involved i didn't know exactly what it was like i said i didn't really pinpoint the whole temple of blood on any connections until i got out of the group and i started putting these puzzle pieces together but um i mean it just wasn't iron gates um like i said how lave was lave was being promoted um denton had a love for lave um and and the promotion of the devil's notebook um and there were guys in the group that were there were guys in the group that started asking like Denton and Cole about like 09A reading material. Like I think, um, is it Hostia? Hostia, I don't know. 09A book, yeah. Yeah, that book, uh, The Sinister Tradition. um, And then a book, a Temple of Blood uh, book called Liber, I think Liber 333. I remember correctly, that's the title. I can't remember. There's a couple books that people were bringing up and asking if they were good books and you know, Denton and Cole would always, always encourage reading those books. All those, although that those books weren't on like the Adam Waffen required reading list, they were definitely encouraged and promoted. Um, and, <clears throat> and then I saw some guys started talking about like the whole idea of, I didn't know what like the light, I didn't know like the left-hand path and the right-hand path. I didn't know what those things were. And that kind of those topics started to get brought up in the group chats. And then when I started looking into it, like the whole idea of magic, um, sorcery all this stuff i started looking into this whole thing and i'm like man there's some really weird stuff going on here like um and then um and then i saw overall like the biggest thing that really kind of differentiated between you know when denton and cole were leaders and brandon was leaders brandon was a leader was like there was no moral standard anymore when it came to Adam Waffen, when, when Cole and Denton were, when, when, when Cole and Denton were leaders, it was just like, it was almost like a misanthropic group, like just a, a hatred for everyone. Um, it was no more about like, uh, you know, the whole typical white nationalist saving your, you know, your race, your people um, fighting for your nation, that type of thing. It was more of, okay, the world is going to hell basically. And so, so now it's up to every individual to be, 
become the strongest, most evolved person you can be so that you can not only survive, but, you know, obviously do what you're going to do, whatever activities you're going to do. Um, and the whole thing with, you know, joking about, you know, saying Mason, um, you know, excusing Mason's crimes and inferring that, you know, being attracted to like, you know, a young girl, like a minor, there's nothing wrong with that. And the, the whole fan fiction thing and iron gazing, it all kind of started coming together for me. And I think as all this, as those things started being promoted, I think those were really the cues that really, really the, 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 the things that really were like, okay, I finally, I finally was like, okay, I need to figure out a way to get out of this group. You know, I think that those were all the main things that were coming together that were really like, I didn't want any part of it. It, it didn't resonate with me. Um, and, and it wasn't who I was as a person. And it definitely went against, uh, like, like I said, my deep seated belief in God, like I always believed in God during that entire time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how I found myself out of the group, but, um, kind of went off on a rabbit trail here. Sorry. That's all really great information. And so something I wanted to just briefly is, so there's a screenshot uh, from a post from Denton, and this is from Global Death Cult, William Ramsey's excellent book that I mentioned. And so just kind of going over the, this kind of ideological transition that you've mentioned, I just want to read some things from his post and you can just, uh, you can, you can just react, tell me whatever you think is important here. Um, mm -hmm. And this is under his, uh, I guess, I guess Denton went by rape. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is a screenshot of his post as as rape, and he's it seems to be just going over a bunch of different points of ideologies or books or things, and his very brief impressions of them. So he says, "Process Church, yes, I support them. They're badass. Devil's Notebook, yes, it's an excellent book. I found the insight to be valuable. Hostia, great book, a good companion to siege. Just don't take it too seriously. Written by old Combat Eighteen people going under pseudonyms. O nine A was a psyop, and that information is valuable." Communism. I don't support the ideology, but their tactics were on point. Refer to my words on Hosea. I'm looking at tactics only. Uh, AWD. We don't let Satanists in. We don't have Satanists or spooky Noctulians. Manson is better than Hitler. Yes, I stand by that. Not everyone has to agree, I think. So there's a couple other points there that he makes, but that's uh, just overall a couple of those things uh, stood out to me. And so I mean, there's the, the fact that he calls the Order of Nine Angles a psyop. So the fact that yeah. this potentially infiltrated group is talking about talking about this, uh, the Order of Nine Angles, which literature is starting to be pushed in the group as uh, as a psyop, that's kind of interesting to me. I'm curious what you think about Denton saying that. I'm curious about what you think of his mm. reference to communism, because I think that's very telling because you talk about like Bolshevik revolutionary stuff and how mm -hmm. there's, we can think of that, but then also on the extreme right, that same revolution at all costs ideology is just as poison. Yeah. So the fact that Denton's picking up that, um, yeah. So, uh, what, uh, what, what, or, or the process church as well. I think you might have mentioned to me off mic at one point that you didn't really hear much about the process church, the final judgment. They come up a decent amount in our analysis here on Psyop Cinema. So the fact that <laughs> Denton references them is, uh, is interesting to me. So, yeah. yeah. Any, any reactions there? I don't know if I believe him. Um, <laughs> uh, cause I mean, I don't know what you do with that because how do you, Maybe he's maybe he's maybe he's describing like how he personal fe personally feels about that, like as him as an individual. Um, but nowhere is that reflective on like the rest of the members of the group, uh, especially like guys like Cole and the whole Washington cell. I mean, if you look at some of the patches that some of these guys, you know, repped and some of their prep later propaganda and their photo shoots, I mean, they were rocking like Liber 333 patches. 
and you only can get those, you know, those are, those are temple of blood patches. So, and, and the fact that you've, you've the temple of blood is almost like a Nexion of O9A, but in the United States and that their beliefs are very similar. The tactics are almost very, very similar. I just don't know how you can, <coughs> how you can come up with that. And then another thing too, is I forgot to mention this is, um, they, oh man, I forget what, how I found this, but I found Denton's personal Instagram, um, that wasn't locked. Um, and this was, bef- this was like right after I left and I found his, his, a, a, his, his avatar on, 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 uh, Iron March. And it was this really like spooky picture of like some dude that had like no mask. Like it was like a black, it was like almost like a black mask. Like no eye holes or eye holes or anything, and there was like a, he had a like a a Nazi armband, and he was like holding up a card, two cards, like almost like the Joker, in the picture, and it was a picture of him. I could tell it was him, because he had like the same type of like art styles on his Instagram, and there was one of these videos that he posted on his Instagram. I think it was either his Instagram or his YouTube account of, it was the same type of footage that I saw on the Temple of Blood. Uh, videos that were that they they were on youtube they're not on youtube anymore same type of music same type of art style and 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 it was just it just spoke to me and i just instantly knew that this these connections aren't random and so the fact that the fact that that denton says that about 09a him believing that it's a slap i don't trust i don't trust everything he says to be honest i really don't um i i just there's just too much. There's just too many coincidences. That's all I'm going to say about this group. And when, when him and Cole took over that, that, that are, that are very just odd to me. I don't know if that makes any sense. There's just too much. Maybe he's saying that too, because he doesn't want everyone in the group to like, um, like walk out. Cause what happens if he says that, Oh yeah. Onani is awesome. They're, they're, they're great. Um, <coughs> Because AWD, here's the funny thing about Adam Waffen is there was always a rule, even when Brandon was leader and when Denton and Cole was leader, were leaders, that you weren't to be a member of any other group. It didn't matter what it was. You were not allowed to be a member of any other group, period. Because it meant that you would have to devote other time to other things that were not part of the group. That was a very strict rule. Um, but then you had, like I said, the, the very obvious connections with the whole Temple of Blood and Adam Waffen. So how do you make sense of that? You know what I'm saying? And so there's a lot of contradictions here. I just, like I said, I just don't, I'm just going to say I flat out don't believe Denton when he says like he believes the 09 thing was a PSYOP. I don't believe he actually believes that. I think he's just saying that to cover his behind. As far as his belief about like, you know, uh, appreciating communist tactics, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. I, in fact, remember him saying that, um, I think he made all those. I don't remember if he made that post. That was in the Discord. I don't remember if he made that post while I was still on there. I can't remember exactly. But I remember him always having, and this just wasn't him. This was just in like the hard fascist community. Um, there were a lot of guys, even like on Iron March, the fascist forums, that had like a liking to Joseph Stalin and his ruling style. Um, because if you look at Joseph Stalin, his beliefs, he wasn't really like he wasn't really like a far left leaning, you know, Marxist. He really wasn't. He uh, he was like almost like a like a blend of just like the worst tyranny you could possibly think of from the left and the right almost because he you know, if you remember, he had this he had a disdain. He had a disdain for things like, you know, homosexuality, 
um, the whole woke stuff. He de- he he definitely had a disdain for that type of stuff. Um, and so, and I think the tactics he's obviously referring to is probably a lot of like um, the um, like the gulag stuff um, that like the torture methods, especially like when you when you when you uh, read like the lives of the new martyrs and the things that they went through, like the the torture methods that um, you know they would stick some of the Orthodox Christians in just these rooms and deprive them of sleep for days and try to interview them and try to get them to break from their Orthodox Christianity. And so what's really interesting a lot of, about a lot of these tactics as far as the torture methods and, and the, the ways that they tried to brainwash these people, especially like Orthodox Christians, it's almost very, it almost brings like an eerie feeling. Like it's almost like an MK ultra type of thing to where they're trying to, they're trying to basically break the person of who they are at the core and trying to basically, uh, you know, spit them out of their system. And so that they become a good compliant citizen of their, you know, their red revolutionary ideas. So, um, and as far as like the process church goes, I can't really comment on that. Like I said, <clears throat> I don't know too much about them. I haven't done a lot of research into them. Um, and I don't remember, I don't remember Detton or Cole or anyone in the group really just talking about a love for the process church. Um, I don't know. Um, but overall, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that Denton really believed that the Onani thing was a sire. I don't buy that at all. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like, I feel like at that stage of, you know, at that stage of where Adam Walking was at that point, I think that they were trying to, I think that what they were trying to do is they were basically trying to, they didn't, they knew it, that they would have to come out with what everyone believed in that group, especially Denton and Cole and the things that they were involved with, even like Sutter. I think they would have had a lot more people leaving the group. And I think that that's what they were trying to do is they were trying to prevent that from happening. Um, because when people started to find things out, like I said, when I left, it wasn't me that, that left. There was a few other guys that left because they were very off put about the whole satanic thing. Um, and so I don't know if that makes any sense. But. It does make sense. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just know briefly about the process church like that, you know, part of the reason I ask is because in siege at one point, there's without comment, a picture of Robert de Grimston, uh, the founder of the process church is just included. Mason includes it in there. And, uh, Interestingly, he also, Mason at one point, talks favorably about John Hinckley Jr., the guy who shot Reagan, about his involvement with American Nazi stuff. And now there's all kinds of really weird stuff happening with John Hinckley Mm. Jr. His uh, and his symbol that he's released for like his music and political party that he's promoting now. It looks really similar to that of the Process Church symbol. So all kinds of other other connections there. That's a different side of cinema rabbit hole. Um, But um, let me ask you about in terms of these ideological connections. Uh, for mm-hmm. you mentioned, uh, you know George Lincoln Rockwell earlier. Like you, you read his book early on, kind of in your radicalization journey. What was the what was the group disposition, if if anything, towards kind of recent historical Nazi figures like George Lincoln Rockwell or William Luther Pierce, the guy who wrote the Turner Diaries, or anyone? Mm-hmm. Like that? Um. So uh, the group had a loving for all those characters, especially the big names. Um. Not recent today characters, but like guys like. Um, Joseph Tomasi, George Lincoln Rockwell, um, Dr. Pierce, um, all those guys. Now, um, I think there was a very clear distinction on what those guys tried to do. Like, you know how George Lincoln Rockwell really tried to actually, you know, establish an American voting party 
and that's what he really wanted to do was to bring the ANP into the mainstream. And and his whole thing was trying to basically trying to show that national socialism isn't what um, the mainstream media was trying to portray it as. If I don't know if that makes any sense. And so uh, Adam often had a great love for him because there were a lot of there they they were very they were very similar in ideals. Um, they were very similar in beliefs, foundational beliefs, but obviously like the tactics were different. Same with Pierce. Um, Pierce really didn't. Pierce really had a disdain for more of the um, more of the action type of thing. Um, more of he didn't really like the whole idea of like skinheads. Um, even like Combat Eighteen. I know you brought them up earlier. Um, the more militant side of things. He wasn't really on board with that. I mean, that's why you see him wearing like a suit and tie everywhere. Um, his group was really big on presentation, on being presentable to the public. Adam Waffen was not on board with that, obviously. But like I said, they still they still had an appreciation for who he was and the things that he taught. Um, like I said, same with same with George Lincoln Walkwell. Adam Waffen's tactics were completely different than those guys, um, but there was still like a, a a basic love and appreciation for who they were, what they stood for, and the things they taught. So, okay, interesting, interesting. And all right, then to zero in on a specific crime associated with these groups if you can talk mm-hmm. about samuel woodward's murder of blaze bernstein then i'm interested yep. in some people have speculated about whether or not because of these temple of blood connections was there an 09a calling aspect to this killing and if you don't think so then why not uh okay so i met sam in person a few times um i had a couple in-depth discussions with him um uh, he was actually in American Vanguard when I was in Vanguard as well. And so we kind of had like the same radicalization process and we had a connection there. Um, I want to say like, based on what I know about him and my interactions with him, I don't, I personally don't think that he was involved with the 09A. I don't think that he knew about them. Um, I think... And like I said, this is based on what I know and my experience with him. Um, when when I found out that he when he murdered Blaze Bernstein at the time, when I found out, I was so shocked because I didn't. When I met him and I talked with him and stuff, he didn't seem like that type of person that would go and do something like that, and that's why I was so shocked. Um, you know, he was a very he was a very outgoing guy. He wasn't really reserved to himself. Um, and uh, like I said, when I found out about that, um, in fact, I found out about that because uh, I took a, a break from the group for two months from like December to January. Um, and I, uh, I left the group in January, 2018, if I remember correctly. Um, and so I took a, break for two months and when i came back on the discord and everything uh, that's when i found out that sam did that was i got a message from one of my buddies saying that hey look what he sent me a link to the new the news article and i was like i said i was shocked now looking back and doing the research i did on sam and the things the articles i've been seeing about him his past his his i funny history and stuff i just think that he was a loose cannon so to speak i think that I don't know exactly what transpired between Blaze and him. 
Um, obviously, there <laughs> that action of murder came from somewhere. Um, I don't know what sparked it. I don't know what caused it. Um, I don't know if I want if I want to believe the official media narrative so far. I don't know. I, but I I, I have a hesitancy in trying to connect the 098 stuff to him. Um, here's what I will say though, and I'll be, I will be very clear and abundantly clear about this: is that Adam Waffen was a brooding ground for this type of behavior, um, especially the the Adam Waffen that Denton and Cole um, were pushing. Uh, because like I said, in Adam Waffen, when Brandon was leader, these these types of things um, weren't happening. The thing with Devin Arthurs was the first thing that happened with the murders. And um, it wasn't until after you saw Denton and Cole, like a real paradigm shift in the group to where you actually had somewhat of a moral standard when Brandon was the leader. And then when Denton and Cole took over, <clears throat> it was like the group took on like a whole misanthropic, a whole misanthropic ideology. Of just a, a hate for everyone, um, and a a no anything goes type of thing, and <laughs> I firmly believe, um, and I, I we 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 could do I mean there could do a whole up episode on this on the power behind symbology, symbols symbology that type of thing is that there is a very dark there is dark energy um, behind symbols behind ideas. Um, behind propaganda, behind even, even like the fan fiction, like the whole ch the, the the fan fiction things I was talking about earlier, there's dark energy behind it, demonic energy, um, and when people feed into that, they are influenced in ways that they could never dream and believe, um, and that's why it's so dangerous. Is because I really believe that this group turned into a breeding ground for <coughs> uh, lone wolf killing, lone wolf murdering. Um, uh, lone wolf, if you want to call it lone wolf terrorism, that type of thing, um, because it preys those types of things. I mean, if you look at if you look at the way that like the group responded to the things, um, uh, like all there's just so many things that happened. I forget who that Nicholas Nicholas kid that killed his girlfriend's parents. That apparently had a connection to Adam Waffen, um, <clears throat> and that, and then Sam Woodward in the defense of him. Um, I think that. I think there's, we just need to realize and we need to accept the fact that there's really demonic work at here um, in the end and that um, this this group was really riping people for that type of thing. Uh, I don't see it any other way. I really don't. And so I don't know. I Like I said, I don't think that Sam had a direct connection to Onani, but I really do believe that the same powers that are at work behind the Onani thing were influencing Sam in that way and that spiritual side of things. I don't know if that makes any sense. It, it makes um, a lot of sense. That's uh, that's very well put, and I'm I'm just so struck by what you've mentioned about this 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 transition uh, <clears throat> from um from this leadership transition, and you know to to make a this is a film podcast, so to make a very flippant reference, I can't help but think of uh, the Big Lebowski, the line about nihilists of say what you will about the tenets of national socialism, dude. At least it's an yeah. ethos, and yeah. um, right. Like there's there's some of that going on here because I'm trying to, th <clears throat> to figure out this um this trajectory that you're describing of how something can go from as misguided uh, as it might be an attempt at, um, at, at, at some kind of moral framework against mm -hmm. wickedness and degeneracy of modern society to this just pure perversion right. and anti-humanism and all of that. So I guess a couple of thoughts there that I'm curious for your reaction on one, is it, 
is it just the nihilism, that sense of hopelessness that leads to this idea of just, you know, this apocalyptic individualism and becoming mm-hmm. God and all that that leads to the loss of all morals? Is that what connects it? And then is it also just the fact that, like, um, even if the group was very different under Brandon Russell, the uh, the holding up of, of James Mason and Seed, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's, you know, borderline worshipping, someone like Charles Manson, I guess – it just seems to me that that would lead just such a massive opening for this yeah. kind of transformation to the satanic. Do you agree with those uh, those conjectures or? Oh, oh, totally. I mean, like, I know everyone jokes about how like the slippery slope is a fallacy, but is it really a fallacy when it's actually reality? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I think this is just one of many proofs. I mean, this this type of this type of stuff. Um, I mean, look at the far, you you don't have to do. Uh, a lot of thinking and looking where the far left ended up today and how it arrived today. Um, it, the same applies for Adam Waffen. I, the, I think Adam Waffen was right for this type of thing. Um, and like, I'm not, like, I don't want pe- I don't want people to get the idea that I'm defending Adam Waffen from when Brandon was leader far be it. Um, and, and, and I also want to make this clear. This really doesn't have anything to do with this question, but I, I want to make it known that I don't regret my past at all. Um, you know, in God's divine providence, things worked out the, the way that they worked out so that uh, Christ could reveal himself in the fullness in my life as truth incarnate. Um, and so I want to make that clear as well. Um, but I'm also baptized. And so as a baptized Orthodox Christian, I really cling to 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 Christ and and realize the past is the past, but the past also as a way for me to glorify God because he really did take me out of the kingdom of darkness and bring me to into the kingdom of light. Um, but that's besides the point. I wanted to make that clear. Um, so I do really, like I said, I do really believe that there was, there was, there's a reason why the slippery slope is a reality, even though it might be a logical fallacy. It's just the way things work. Um, because evil, evil, evil gradually is like a snowball almost, just like apostasy, right? Um, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sure some of your listeners are Orthodox Christians, so they, they, they should, if they've read Father Seraphim, and especially like, or they're familiar with Orthodox Survival Course, the way that, the way that Father Seraphim and like guys like Archbishop of Verki, uh, um, you know, those, those, uh, Russian giants of the faith with the way they describe apostasy is like a snowball. Um, and it just continually grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows until the world is right for, the world is ripe for the Antichrist. Um, Adam Waffen is no different um, because Adam Waffen, like I said, started off as this militant national socialist group that, you know, guys who are going through this, everyone going, all the guys going through this identity crisis, whether whether the reasons for them joining or not, they, everyone in there is going through an identity crisis. They're all clinging to different idols, whether it be their race, whether it be Hitler, whether it be uh, you know, just a hate for humanity. It doesn't matter. It's all idolatry in the end. And so when Brandon, when Brandon was arrested, all that happened was the group just, the group just went further down the hill as a snowball. Um, and one thing led to another. And so, you know, it's funny that you bring up nihilism is, is yeah, man, I, I think a lot of those guys in there are deep down are nihilists. Um, I mean, that's nihilist is the reason for the revolutionary spirit of the age. I mean, Father Seraphim was very clear about that. Is that is the that is the root of all this? Is just a a rejection of God and a an obsession over the self, whatever is gratifying the self. 
And so if, if, if gratifying the self means this, this deep seated belief of hatred for humanity, you know, hatred for humanity, worshiping these esoteric beings that are really demons in the end, um, or, or whatnot, it doesn't matter. It, 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 it's, it's the same. And, um, it, it, it really, it should break everyone's hearts and it breaks my heart to see, to see people get sucked up into this. Um, because it's very dangerous. It is very dangerous because people who say, Oh, well, I would never murder someone are the people that end up committing murder because it always starts from one single thought, one thought, one person heeding to that one thought can lead to an endless cycle of apostasy. Um, and that can end up in nihilism. And what happens when a person becomes a nihilist, right? Whether they're, whether they're, they're clinging to this esoteric Satanism or, or the, you know, this, these misanthropic beliefs of just hatred for everyone and trying to become this evolved super being, you know, their own demagogue, um, anything goes at that point. So they can do whatever they want. No one can tell them any other way. They have no problem with things like pedophilia, you know, trafficking minors, all this, anything, it doesn't matter. Um, it's if, if it's going to cause a person to grow and to evolve into the superhuman and, and to really collect this, whatever they're going after, which is dark energy, then like I said, it's, that's, that's what they're going to do. And it's very dark. It's very, very frightening, not frightening as in like a, a, a like I have a satanic fear, but almost like I, I have, I have a genuine fear for their soul and I care for their soul. Um, and so I, I, I firmly, like I said, looking back, I'm not surprised that Adam Waffen turned out the way it did. Uh, I'm not shocked at all. It was right for that, uh, especially looking back, you know, as me being an Orthodox Christian now and, 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 and putting the spiritual pieces together and peeling the onion layer back, you know, layer after layer after layer. What's really behind these things is it's, it's, this, it's the same types of spirits that have always existed, except they have thousands and thousands. They have thousands of years of experience deceiving man with their tricks you know the the traps on the right and the traps on the left the traps are everywhere it's just not one trap and so yeah man um i don't know i don't really know how what else else how to talk about that you know to answer that question but like i said i'm firmly not surprised by how far adam often fell how far how far they went and uh the things that were pushed and 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 all that stuff so that's a great answer man it makes a lot of sense and i want to get into some of your speculation and, and impressions after leaving the group about what might have been going on, uh, some of the Temple of Blood stuff, Joshua Sutter in particular. Uh, before, okay. Right before we get into that, if there's anything else you want to say about your own process of mm -hmm. getting out of the group and what that yeah. looked like in the timeline, maybe that'd be helpful context. Yeah. So, um, man, I first and foremost, the reason why I, I should have made this clear at the beginning, but first and foremost, the reason why I'm doing this interview is because. Um, I want, I don't want to see other Orthodox fall into the same traps that I fell into. And there's a temptation there. Also, I don't want to see other people fall into the same traps that I fell into, but I want to see, I want to see the truth promoted and the truth revealed. Um, and that's Jesus Christ, truth incarnate. Um, and he speaks to everyone's heart in a different and unique way and their path to him. Um, cause everyone's salvation story is very unique and different. Um, not everyone's salvation story is the exact same. It's very interesting when you ask people how they, they ended up Orthodox. It's their, their testimony is very unique and different. And 
and, and how Christ speaks to each individual in their unique way and meets them where they're at. And so <clears throat> that's why I'm here first and foremost. But I also, um, I also want to talk about, uh, you know, how I left the group just very briefly. I don't need to go deep into this is like I said earlier, like when I started putting the pieces together with, with, uh, with the, with the, with the, um, the temple of blood stuff, the O9A, um, the iron gates on, and, and the, the fan fiction, all these stuff, this stuff started to come together. Um, and I, I had a, like I said, I had a gut feeling something sinister was happening and I couldn't really just label it or put words to describe it in words at the time. I just knew something dark was dark was happening. I could feel it and I could sense it. And I knew, I knew I had to get out because I knew even though I was in rebellion against God at that time, and running away from him, I knew that it was it was wrong, and it was a road that I did not want to go. I I, I was scared for myself, and I think that's what really clicked for me is that after I after the whole Sam Woodward thing and that murder, um, I I didn't think at that time that I wouldn't be that person that would end up doing something like that. But I was generally feared. I feared for myself and thinking that that could be me at some point that I could do something, something like that, something that sinister. And I was not, I was not an exception. And so I think that's what really pushed me to leave. And, and I didn't become Orthodox right away after I got out of the group. In fact, I, I went back to my Protestant roots. I started, I had my dad send me a Bible so I could start reading the Bible again. And then eventually, I eventually started going to a, an independent, um, well, not a, but a, a, a reformed Baptist church that were that held to a London Baptist confession of faith. And um, there was, again, there was still a void missing in my life. It was really hard to describe. Um, but eventually uh, there were things that really sparked my curiosity with reading the church fathers. And um, I started reading the church fathers in depth. And then I, my presuppositions and beliefs began to be began to be questioned as i was reading the church fathers i was starting to uh really notice some of the things that they were teaching and saying wasn't exact didn't exactly line up with my beliefs um and then one thing led to another that's when i started looking into orthodoxy and then i think after i i went to my first liturgy <clears throat> i instantly knew even though i didn't know everything about the church councils um the dogmas of the Orthodox Church, um, all that stuff. I just knew after leaving that first liturgy that this is this was correct worship. This was this was worship and how God is supposed to be worshipped, how he is prescribed. And from there the rest is history. Um so yeah, um that's 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 how I became that's just a short condensed version of how I became orthodox. Now as far as the stuff with Sutter goes, um I don't know how depth how in depth you want me to go over him or the things that I encountered. Um as much detail as you're willing to provide. This is this is really helpful and I think that this okay. is this is kind of some of the really important stuff here because it's what a lot of us who are interested in these groups are really fuzzy on is just exactly what was going on with this guy in particular. Okay, so like I said earlier, I uh, after leaving the group, I did some research on Sutter, and I found out that he ran into some problems with the law years ago. I think that 
there, if I remember correctly, I, I ran into like a court document or something where he, I think he was charged with trying to either buy or sell like an, a, 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 <coughs> either a suppressor or handgun without a serial number. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but usually like when you're involved, like with the whole white nationalist movement, it doesn't matter what group you're in and you try doing something like that, the feds aren't going to leave you alone. That's just, that's just how it is. Um, especially if you get in trouble with the law, um, they're going to monitor the crap out of you. They're going to figure out a way to follow you and to make sure um, that they know exactly where you are, what you're doing and what you're involved with. And so <clears throat> when I found that out and then I started making the connections with how, you know, Sutter was, you know, married to, to, I think her name's Jillian. I don't remember her first name, Joy or Jillian, whatever, um, who, who runs Martinet Press and then seeing that Martinet Press produces material for Temple of Blood. Um, and I started, you know, putting the, the, the pieces together with the propaganda, the whole Iron Gates thing. I had huge suspicions, huge suspicions that this guy was not what was at, like I said, the very least an intelligence informant. Um, and I think and here's the biggest thing that kind of threw me for a loop is I think when it came to the end of my 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 research into the whole Adam Waffen thing with Sutter, Denton and Cole. Um, I, I, I did all my research on like a scrap computer because I was, <clears throat> I just, I didn't really feel comfortable doing it on my main laptop for, for reasons. Um, and I had, I had a lot of stuff archived and unfortunately I don't remember what happened to it because I think I had to reformat that computer. Um, and I lost a lot of that stuff, but there was a conversation I had with two guys on discord, um, one of them was an acquaintance that I kept in contact with pretty frequently. He was on, he came from Iron March um, forums. And another guy was a guy who he put me in contact with on wire encrypted chat. Um, both of them, one of them was an initiate into Temple of Blood. So basically he wasn't a full-fledged member. At least he claimed he, 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 he uh, wasn't, but he was, in, he was, he was getting ready to become a member. And the other one was just really close. He had really close ties to some members of the group. Um, both of them alluded to at the minimum being involved in drug trafficking. And then they initiate the initiate. Remember the conversation me and ha me and him were having, because I was trying to, I was basically what I was trying to do and I was trying, I was, I was trying to do my own like investigative journalism type of thing, but except I wasn't posting, you know, articles or uploading articles or writing for anything. I wanted to try to find out as much info as possible on these guys in case I would come up with something like super like illegal that could basically implicate them. Um, because like I said, I, I wanted to, I wanted to figure out a way to get some of these guys out of there because I knew, like I said, Adam Waffen was just a group. It was a ripe group that was, that was brewing this type of lone wolf going out to kill people type of thing, loose cannon type guys. And then, so this guy, what he alluded to was as he was initiate, he went and he traveled, he had to take a travel <clears throat> a trip to, I forget somewhere in Arizona. He even gave me the coordinates um, and meet up with these two guys and he basically said that um, in order for him to become a full-fledged member, he had to be, he had to be uh, okay with um, the idea of child trafficking, um, trafficking human beings. Um, 
And when he said that, um, I wasn't shocked. And here's why I wasn't shocked because I was very, I was very, very familiar with um, the the CIA's involvement with a lot of these satanic, uh, these satanic cults and groups with with the whole you know the, the the satanic ritual abuse and the trafficking of kids and all this other stuff i was very familiar with that i've watched a lot of documentaries on this stuff um and uh it's just it's just something that i think that people need to be more aware about i don't think a lot of people are aware about it um and i think the the media and the government has done a great job um covering a lot of this stuff up and it's very disgusting it's very it's very wrong. And, and like I said, when I heard that and I, and I, and I, and I, and I remember Sutter's involved, you know, his trouble with the law and, and this whole pushing for the whole fan fiction thing with the depraved stuff. And then not only that, but like the tenants of Onane being, you know, infiltrating groups from within and turning the turn, you know, turning them into like Nexions and things like that. Um, I kind of had a, I kind of had a thing to where I, I believed after having those conversations with those two guys that, that uh, Sutter was not who he was or who he was presenting out to be in the group, that this guy was, this guy had some, some deep connections. I don't want to say a hundred percent objectively that he was a CIA guy or anything, but I, I do find it really odd and really, um, eerie that um the whole child traffic um and talking with these guys i don't think they were making this stuff up um because like i said a lot of the guys in 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 adam often were in temple of blood um and uh those guys that i had conversations with were associated with those guys and so yeah, man. Uh, I don't really know how else to like uh, what else I can really expound on on that stuff. But like I said, it really kind of I don't know. It kind of threw me off for a loop. But I wasn't like I said, I wasn't shocked when I heard about that because I instantly when I when I when I heard about the whole when I started making the whole Temple of Blood connection and then I saw a lot of the propaganda and photos and materials that were coming out with the Temple of Blood stuff and the things that they were promoting, you know, the the, the whole BDSM thing. Um even like self-flagellation, um, you know, self, self-abuse, um, the rituals, all that stuff. And when I, when they brought up the whole child trafficking thing, I was like, okay, well, I'm not surprised. Um, and then when they brought up the whole child trafficking thing, I kind of like my mind instantly, my mind instantly went, well, I mean, I'm not surprised. Maybe, maybe Sutter is more than just some intelligence informant. Maybe this guy is like an actual, like, agent or something i don't know who knows but sure sure with a certain point we can only speculate but the fact yep. even this is what you're saying about these temple of blood guys that you spoke to and what they revealed to you and the fact that you think that this, this was authentic and um and what we know what is generally accepted about sutter status as an fb as a long-standing fbi informant with his mm-hmm. connection to martinet press and the temple of blood and all of that and of course 
the uh, the connections between um, to, between the CIA and the history of occultism and cults and child abuses is something that Brett and I talk about on on this show all the time. And I think it's a very very positive thing that people are finally starting to recognize that this isn't all fanciful satanic panic or or, or whatever. Right. That whether it's something as the, the most obvious example, of course, is is Jeffrey Epstein and you know, his yeah. connections to a very long standing uh, what seems to be CIA <laughs> Mossad. You know, trafficking operation that involves blackmail, but a whole lot of other things that gets that that I think gets a lot darker and and very complex yeah. with all the connections. But then you just plenty of other cases as well. Colonel Michael Aquino, the very yeah. sinister figure from the Temple of Said, who is also uh, you know in the American military as um as a psyops officer and was involved yeah. in allegations related to the daycare at the the Presidio and all of that, or yeah. the Finders case and the CIA's yeah. weird role in, in there and shutting down that investigation. All these kind of things that goes on and. And on and on but it's definitely yeah. people are starting to recognize that yeah the satanic ritual abuse and intelligence involvement in trafficking are, are are not made up there is there is incredibly good data uh to you know to to support the uh the existence of these things and so once mm-hmm. again just the uh the the confluence of darkness at the mainstream of um uh, of power in our society with something like intelligence agencies and then on the on the fringes um i think that that's uh that's worth that that's worth dwelling on and so the we can and of course just even the similarities of occultism and espionage in terms of how uh they traffic in in deception and liminality and and build power that way of course we can't we might not never know for sure what mm-hmm. all stutter really is but right. but i think that intersection is very important yeah right right yeah no 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 completely and um man i i, th- I think just even like um it does it doesn't even you don't need even a lot of of <clears throat> a lot of material or reading material or documentaries to really prove that 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 child trafficking is a real thing even with the within the governments and these intelligence circles i mean the whole mark mark uh is it the true or detro and in, in in belgium that guy that owned the uh he owned like some labyrinth or castle or something and <clears throat> and and he i guess he was tra- i forget how many children he killed um, but basically, it was proof that every level, every level of, of of government and leadership was involved in this 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 satanic ritual abuse and child trafficking, and in, in, in Belgium, like every le- level from the top guy all the way to the bottom, you know, police, judges, all these people were implicated. But it all got brushed o- brushed over over and over again. Um, I think that when I started looking into the whole thing, and I and I saw that like in that whole country i was like okay well if this is happening here then um it's probably safe to say that this just isn't happening here this is a this is a phenomenon that is very alive and well alive and well around the world but even that it's not even like a new phenomenon like the whole idea of like child sacrifice and satanic ritual abuse is is thousands and thousands of years old i mean it's even in the old testament you know um with the pagans offering their children up to uh Moloch and 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 um you know the the pagan deities and how God commanded the Israelites to remain separate from them um and and even today I mean like like we don't even have to talk about child sacrifice you know child trafficking and 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 the satanic ritual abuse yes it's a real thing and it's a huge problem and unfortunately it's covered up all the time um but even like the idea of abortion today and what Planned Parenthood has been, you know, implicated of, you know, selling baby parts and, and fi- you know, fi- finding baby parts and even babies 
at these people's houses, you know, the abortionist houses, like there's a really dark, very dark uh, phenomenon that has been happening for years upon years upon years. And the darkness and principalities that are behind this, um, it's 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 very it's very um, it's very um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's not frightening, but it's very very revealing because it just shows that um, it's just one of the many ways that Satan is trying to to seek worship for himself and to seek glory for himself, and it's almost it's it's an inversion of all that is true and moral and upright in the eyes of God. Um, and so, yeah, um, as far as Sutter goes, like I said, we can just speculate. Um, I'm not saying hundred percent. He is a CIA informant. Um, obviously he's there. There's very, there's very real proof that at the very least he was in, he was an FBI informant. Um, but the whole, but the, the fact that, that the child trafficking thing was mentioned by those two guys and, 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 and the whole temple of blood stuff, I just, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be surprised if it came out later that we had, you know, actual proof that he, that he, that he was, um, or he is. So I don't know. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree with everything that you said. And, um, I think that with, uh, you know, with the, you know, the idea of child sacrifice, I mean, something I talk about a lot is Alistair Crowley and the very real evidence that he was involved in, um, in, in, in violence and sexual abuse of children and his also use of the symbol of the divine child to, to signify his eon of Horus, this new age that he was the prophet yeah. of, which everyone gets to become their own God and all of that. So the, the, the idea of the, the destruction of the innocence of children being held up along with the idea of the divine child and this kind of perverse parody of the, you know, the Christian doctrine of the incarnation. But in this case, in the yeah. satanic version, it's everyone gets to be this divine child who yeah. uh, basically through trauma is, is there, their divinity is unlocked and i know some people some listeners won't agree with our positions as uh as orthodox christians that, that you and i share but i hope but i think once again just the 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 temple of blood stuff and connection and the and Sutter's status as, as an fbi informant uh, i think that that's i think that that'll give a lot of people pause and make a lot of people think about the implications uh, uh you know of all of this and so what remains of adam waffen division now if anything <sighs> Um, so from what I know and what I've researched, um, if they exist, they're underground, they don't have a public platform anywhere. Um, they're not trying to make a name for themselves anymore. Um, that's if they exist. And if, and I, and I put this out as a warning, <coughs> if, if that pops, if that pops up anywhere to where that you can go somewhere on the web and fill out like an application that gets sent to like an encrypted email or something. I guarantee that's probably a honeypot um, or some type of trap uh, because from what I know and from what I looked into, the group has completely disbanded. Um, I think I remember correctly, James Mason even put out a little voice thing saying that the group is done for um, and to not, not to try to join any group that calls themselves Adam Waffen because it's not actually the real Adam Waffen if they make a public appearance. So I think, and I now I don't know what happened to the members that did not get arrested because obviously, you know, you have guys like Denton Cole and a lot of the other Washington guys, Denton's brother, um, behind bars now. Um, they're in prison for various things. Um, but as far as the other guys, I don't know what happened to them. Um, I hope I hope that they, I hope that they turn away from from those idols that are in their life and they turn to the living God. Um, and, uh, 
like I said, I hope they eventually, I know, like I said, I know you're listening, like you said, your listeners aren't probably all Orthodox, but I really truly hope that they do find the church um, because that is where life is found in its fullness. So, um, and, and some of these other groups are still in existence. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what name they go by, but if you notice, there's a lot of these groups kind of like take on the whole siege mentality do still exist and they pop up every now and then. Um, but like, as far as Adam often goes, like I said, there, I think they're completely disbanded. So. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's good to know. And so this whole thing that we've been talking, your whole story and this narrative, you know, this obviously relates to this, this very hot topic over the past several years, this idea of you know, right-wing radicalization and, you know, people mm-hmm. and you know, young men being radicalized into these, into these right-wing ideologies, which is a favorite topic uh, by many in the cultural cultural left. And there's been even something I would say of, um, despite the fact that obviously it's real, we've been talking about this for two hours, the fact that it's real, still something of a moral panic there. Um, I'm just curious about, especially you as an Orthodox Christian, um, would, what do you think about what people get right and wrong about those narratives? And I'm thinking in particular, of, you know, there's that anthropologist, Sarah Carty Swartz, who wrote mm-hmm. a who wrote a book about um, about reactionary radicalization uh, within yeah. Orthodox communities, and she was featured on an NPR story that was basically trying to say, "Hey, the Eastern Orthodox Church that's a site of that we should be you know afraid of far right radicalization." And I have my own thoughts, but what do you think people like that get correct and incorrect about this whole thing? I think I think they get correct in pointing out that there's a real trap on the far right that does exist, um, and it's alive and well. Uh, I think there's a real temptation for um, like ethnophilatism, which is actually a heresy, an actual official heresy that's been condemned by the church. Basically, ethnic favoritism. Um, it's almost like a form of racism, basically, uh, to where uh, you, until where you almost elevate your ethnicity above the church, above God. Um, that is a very real temptation, but it's nothing new. Racism is not a new thing. It's always existed. Um, and, I, and I firmly believe that uh, we, should, we should celebrate our diversity. And I'm not saying that in like a hyper, you know, woke left type of thinking, meaning that I think that God made us all unique and different. And we all have different cultural heritage and ancestry. ancestry and that should be celebrated. Um, and it should be cherished um, because God created those things. Now we should be careful because there's a trap. There's a very real trap on the right to where we almost elevate that type of thing to where like, like what, like what Hitler and, 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 and national socialist Germany did, um, you know, elevating the people, the ethnicity over all things, including religion, including God. Um, that's where racism comes in because when you do that, then you start to, you start to see others as less than human. Um, you, you begin to judge others as less than human. Um, and it's at the end of the day, it's really hate, hatred in the heart. It's a lack of love for neighbor, which is hatred. Um, it's a hard heart. And so that is a trap that does exist. Um, and I think it does exist within orthodoxy, especially in the, um, obviously everywhere, but um, even in America, because <clears throat> America is a melting pot. It's a very new thing. Um, and so Orthodox, as Orthodox Christians, 
you know, we, we, especially converts, we all come from different backgrounds, um, different ways of life, different ways of thinking. And so, but that can be a really good thing because once we enter into the church, um, orthodoxy is to be everything to us. Um, orthodoxy is a call from Christ to, to pick up our cross and to, 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 to follow him and, and to live the Christ, to live the life that Christ lived. Um, we enter into that reality. And so all those things, which, 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 which weigh us down, the ethnophilatism, the racism, or even the opposite can be true. You know, the, the rejection of the reject, the, the, the rejection of culture and heritage and almost attacking those who, who do embrace such things. Um, that, Orthodoxy is the one thing that unites unites every Orthodox Christian, attaining the unity of the faith, where we all have these different backgrounds, the, these different cultural roots and stuff, but we're all united in the Eucharist, the very body and blood of Christ. So we're all one. We're all one in Christ. And so I think, I think uh, you know, uh, she's right in pointing out that there is a real trap of reaction, reactionary uh, politics and beliefs and ideology that comes from the right. Um, and I do believe that that trap will grow. I really do believe that. Um, there's a podcast I've been listening to lately called The Royal Path, and there's a priest on there named Father Turbo. Um, and he does a great job. Uh, it's, uh, he does a great job it, 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 explaining the traps that exist on the far right and far left. Um, and, 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 and picking apart at a deep level these traps. And so with the trap on the far right, here's the reason why it's so dangerous is because look at, look at, where, look at where the world is today, especially in America. Um, I mean, we have the far left and they're making avenues in ways that we never would have dreamed up they would have made 20, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, and it's happening at such a rapid pace, fast pace. And so... As, as the ideas of modernism and modernity and the spirit of antichrist begins to infiltrate everywhere, everywhere, there is a there is a trap on the right, almost like a reaction from the right that is going to be there. It's a very real temptation, kind of like what how we saw, you know, how Hitler rose to power in Germany. Weimar was ripe for that. I don't believe America is any different. And I believe that American can America can fall into that trap to where we wake up someday and all of a sudden we're lining up far people who are on the far left, people who claim to be like transgender or homosexual, lining them up and shooting them in the head and executing them. That's a very real trap that can come from the far right. Um, and we should be careful in believing that we would never see ourselves there because we very well could be. And that's a trap that is there. And if you notice how, you know, how the pendulum swings, it swings back and forth back and forth constantly and so now the pendulums on the far left there's going to be a probably a maybe eventually a reaction from the far right and so as orthodox we're called to walk the royal path the narrow path the path of the holy fathers the balance between the both extremes and that's where the church always finds herself always finds herself between those two between those two paths between those two extremes never fits in one or the other um, and I think, I think she's also wrong. Her name's Sarah. Is it Sarah? Yeah, Cardi Sarah Cardi Swartz. Okay. Thank you. I think where she's wrong is I think, 
he's right in and 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 in the belief that those traps do exist the far right does exist these white nationalist groups do exist now to the extent to where she believes it's almost like she paints it like it's almost like entire it's it's just in the russian church justin rokor you know the russian church abroad it's not just there um it's 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 everywhere um and it's i would even argue and i'm of the opinion that that modernity, you know, whatever you want to call it, ecumenism, modernity, um, the spirit of modernity, secular, secularism, um, I would argue that that is making inroads into the church and is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a almost like a bigger deal almost. Um, all you have to do is look at the state of the, uh, the Orthodox churches in America and what's being promoted um, and, 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 and all this stuff. Um, don't need to go into detail, um, for obvious reasons. I'm just a layman. Um, I'm not going to go into detail. I don't want to use this platform to do that, but, um, I think that the, 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 the whole modernity aspect and the spirit of secularism making inwards into the church, I think that's far more of a problem right now than the whole, uh, trap, the far, the far right thing. Um, I'm not saying that people, you know, Orthodox Christians don't aren't struggling with things like, you know, actual racism and, and being part of white nationalist groups. I'm not saying that at all because they do exist. Um, I've encountered those people um, online and in real life, but I will say that from my experience and from what I've seen and what I hear that the, 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 um, the trap on the, the left and the far left um, is far more of a problem right now based on where society is and also what the Holy Fathers teach about what's going to happen um, as far as the, the eschaton and, and, and things like that, and especially where America is today. Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to give the impression that the, the things that Sarah talks about don't exist because they do. Um, I, just, I just think that she, I think she leaves out the other, the other problem. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't think she's promoting the royal path. I don't think she's promoting the narrow path at all. I think that a lot of these people, and Lord have mercy on her and everyone who is doing this, I think what they're trying to do is they're subtly trying to change the church and her teachings and the teachings of the Holy Fathers and the saints. Um, I think that much is clear, and I think they're trying to do it in sneaky ways, and um, <clears throat> and I think they're successfully doing it. Um but I don't have any ill will towards them. Um, I don't. I want to make that clear. And I and I and I hope and I hope and I hope that they come. They they uh, they um, they uh, if they are being tempted by the spirit of modernity and secularism, I hope I hope that they reject those temptations and they fully embrace the gospel and 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 uh, the teachings of the Holy Fathers. So, I mean. Uh, lastly, like if they're, if, if they're teaching these things and they're promoting these things, and this isn't what the Holy Fathers teach or what the saints teach. And they're, they're just they're, at the end, if that's what we're doing, you know, if we just pick and choose what we like to believe and what we don't believe, and we're trying to change the church and are we really Orthodox? We're just Orthodox in name. You know, that's not the way of the Holy Fathers. That's not what has been passed down by the Holy Fathers. Um, we should all be interested in what the saints have taught, what the saints teach, even what the you know saints of today teach, what the elders teach today, um, because that is what is passed down from generation to generation. That is what has been preserved, and that is what 
you know, all our saints and our martyrs have died for. So I just wanted to leave off at that. For sure. And of course, you, know, you and I are both very interested in the, the orthodoxy component of all this being orthodox Christians ourselves and how that interacts with radicalization narratives. And I think a broader lesson that you know can also draw from everything you just said is that the solution to this type of genuine extremism isn't to double down on modernity. Like a, a lot of these people would say it's that, that uh, oh, these these groups have gone outside of the consensus that we know is good of, of contemporary secular modernist authority. And we just need to make sure we get everyone back into that ever left shifting Overton window. And of course, the, the, the definition for extremist on the right <laughs> gets bigger and bigger you know, every day. But no, it's the, uh, I think the problem is that you know, amor, you know, amorality and, and apotheosis, these mm-hmm. ideas are, are everywhere uh, that you know, every, you know, like every week on this podcast, Brett and I find a new piece of, uh, of modern pop culture that's glorifying trauma and dissociation yeah. and becoming God and all of these yeah. things. And so the, the the fact is that stuff like uh, like 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 AWD or or 9A, they're not at all oppositions to the spirit of the modern age. They're just different manifestations right. of that. And especially when we think right. about yeah, the deep state's involvement in Hollywood and the music yeah. industry, as we've seen from a lot of recent revelations, and yeah. these extremist, you know, far right groups. So really, like you said, man, very well said that there are traps everywhere i mean again the fact that we're talking because you know you sent me in uh an email about adam waffen because mm-hmm. you, know, you heard me talk about ed sheeran and yeah. uh, and all these things like well, this stuff. what's that the, the, sorry i don't mean to interrupt the funny thing about that is uh i heard about you you guys through listening to the royal path i think it's andrew andrew's the host of the royal path and he mentioned actually listening to that episode on one of the Royal Pass episodes, the one on Ed Sheeran and, and Bring Me the Horizon. And when when 098, like I said, when 098 started to to get brought up, I'm like, oh man, I gotta email these guys because I got a story for them. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. it's one of the more interesting email subject lines I've ever gotten. Just when I open my email and I see Adam off in parentheses, 098, <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, where's this gonna go? And yeah. I couldn't be happier that it led to this conversation. But yeah, on, yeah. on the point that I was just making, like I think that yeah, it's not. It's not about doubling down on modernity. It's modernity and the nihilism therein mm-hmm. and the, the really toxic superhumanism that that leads to on all these different fronts. Yeah. That's the problem. And it's when we and when we seek the royal path, it's not centrism. I don't even think genuine political centrism no. exists, no. but it's avoiding all of these traps and seeking the genuine eternal truths that can help mm-hmm. us escape all of these very sinister things. And for us, yeah. obviously, that's Christ and, and Christ's true church. But even for our uh, listeners who are just interested in Adam Waffen and 09A and the, the history of these things, and we'll be listening mm-hmm. just for that and aren't Orthodox Christians, I hope it's just at least clear just how prevalent and pernicious these traps are, both on oh, the yeah. fringes and the center of society. And I'll just also yep. say, if people think you know Christian reaction is bad, if they think social conservatives are fascist yep. and scary, like they won't right. like what comes after after that, you know. Right, like, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and and I think that really, I really think that that really is 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 one of the goals of modernity today. Um, and 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 um, the far left that we're seeing is they they don't have. I think I think they're enjoying, I think they're enjoying making these these types of um. Uh, Almost like, um, uh, you know, the, the the disenfranchised, ostracized type of male or person. I don't think that they're trying to actually stop doing that. 
I don't believe that at all. I think they're enjoying it. I think they're seeing it. I think they're doing it. And here's one of the, one of the things I think the reason why that that it's not going to stop and it's just going to get worse. And there's going to be a far there's there's going to be a rash a reaction eventually on the far right that is really going to cause things to shake up. Is ultimately we we both believe that Satan Satan glories in the destruction of the soul. That is the goal. That is the ultimatum right there. Is Satan trying to bring as many souls with him? to hell as possible he doesn't care about anyone i mean he's the father of lies and so i think that the the um the trap on the far right or the far left and 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 people who are claiming to be orthodox is no i'm not saying they're orthodox i don't know their heart god knows their heart but i think there's a trap and a real temptation there for how you know orthodoxy to be just this side thing you know it's just another religion or it's just another belief but then i can have all this other stuff whether it's the far left or the far right, that really just satisfies or gratifies this, this desire I have. That's really just a, 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 a demonic, a demonic desire at the end of the day, because orthodoxy is more than just, you know, a religion or even an ideology. It's an, it's an, it's a tire, it's an entire way of life, a way of seeing things, a way of living. It's transformative. You know, it's real power. There's real power behind orthodoxy because orthodoxy is Christ, right? It's uniting to Christ in truth incarnate. And that's where we find fullness. And so as the days go forward, man, I, like I said, I've just, I try to stay off the news as much as possible. I mean, I deleted it almost pretty much all my social media and I try to keep as much time away off the screen, going through the headlines as possible because I, I, there's, there's a lot of damages going on. Um, and I think you and I both know um, that these are just mediums for the demons to work um, like the TV. I think there's a prof there's a prophecy. I think forget when it was either in the 1500s or 1600s. I can't remember. Some saint basically prophesied that these boxes would appear in people's living room, living, living rooms. And that would be the venue by which the Antichrist would make himself known universally. He was basically prophesying that the, the um, the harm that the TV would do to people. Um, and so I firmly believe, like I said, that, that, um, that especially in this day and age, we have to be super careful. We have to be vigilant. We have to be aware of all the traps, whether it be from the far left to the far right. Um, Cause there's not just one bad option. You know, Satan just doesn't promote one idea or one bad thought or one trap. There are many. Um, and, and we have to be aware of those. Um, and so, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know what else, I don't know what else um, I could really harp on, um, but I, I, like I said, I, 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 I just hope people listening to this that they get, um, they just they stay away from this stuff, they stay away from the, the far right stuff, um, the traps of white nationalism, um, the 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 radical Nazi stuff. They, it's 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 just it's just garbage and it's soul. It's it's destruct it's just dis- destruction for their soul. Um, and even on the far left. And I think that um, ultimately our goal should be uh, uh, finding the truth and seeking the truth, uniting to the truth, and also exposing the deeds of darkness. And I think that's what you you guys do a great job of from the stuff I've been listening to lately is picking apart and dissecting these things that are really coming out, like you said, every day that are really at the end of the day, just soul destroying. And that's the goal. Um, that's the goal from the beginning. You know, ever since, you know, Adam and Eve were, were, uh, um, you know, were banished from paradise is, is the, the goal is to, Satan's goal is to destroy souls. 
And so he just does that through Hollywood, the media, um, whatever it be. So. Absolutely, man. No, very, very well said. And it's, and it's all these things, these, these turning away from these delusions, it's all the same motion, whether it's just turning off the television and looking away from these things, whether it's your journey out of this Nazi stuff or my own journey out of occultism, you know, your story really speaks to me because I was immersed in some very, very destructive, evil occult ideas before I, I turned to orthodoxy and all these things. They're just different. They're just, they're, they're just different delusions, different fantasies that do destroy our minds. They destroy our bodies. They destroy our souls. And these are things that you know, we need to learn to, to take responsibility for so that we can repent. And, but then there are also these very active forces in the world world that are that that are doing these things and proliferating Mm -hmm. these ideas and these tactics throughout society and people should become aware of those things to the extent that it's necessary to avoid them um so theodore thank you so much man i'm so glad that you reached out you know i'm so happy that we got to have this conversation and i i really hope that people take to heart everything everything that you said whether they're orthodox or not i think that Mm -hmm. there's a lot to learn here and I, i really appreciate your time yep yeah no i i I love this time and uh, glad I could uh, come on and and just uh, share my experience and hopefully God can use my brokenness and my testimony to reach other people. So um, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. And to all our listeners until next time, this has been PSYOP Cinema. Thank you.